Episode 56, right? 56? Between Two Wheels podcast, cycling news, commentary, analysis, interviews from Northern California. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health conscious people get special life insurance rates. Go to healthiq.com slash BTW to support the show and learn more. And as always, support the show, subscribe and share it uh, via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, whatever podcast service you use. And for this week, the show is also once again on our Between Two Wheels podcast YouTube channel. Interact with us on Facebook by searching Between the Number Two Wheels, Between Two Wheels. And the the links will be in the show notes found in the description of this feed as well. This is going to be Bob Youngle's crowning glory. A final ride for the final 250 meters. Andy Schleck, the last Luxembourger to win. Nine years have passed since then. He zips up his jersey, thanks his team. Bob Youngles has promised much in the last few years. This is his arrival on the big stage. Bob Youngles, winner of Liege Baston Liege 2018. And Quickstep have, yes, 27 victories this season. It's going to be between Bardet and Woods for second place. Roman Bardet, who has always scored well in this race. You can see Puccio Vivo behind as well. Ala Philippe, who's ridden a patient race, maybe frustrating personally, but it's going to be celebration at the dinner table tonight. He's trying to get on the podium as well. Not sure he can catch Bardet. He can't. It's going to be second to Woods, third to Bardet. Celebration for Ala Philippe, who's fourth. His mate wins it, and the Wolfpack will be crying again tonight. Hello, I am Tyler Yonke. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Chris Flower, once again, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. A little frazzled again. It's been a busy week, so just uh, trying to play catch up here. Yeah, I feel off myself. I don't know exactly why. Um, could be because once again, we're missing the mystical Kurt Mills. He's here in, in some capacity, I'm sure. I don't. I don't even know. He said he, it's administrative week, and he has to. I don't know, take his secretary out to work or something like that, or to eat. Is that what's going on? It must be. I don't know. Well, anyway, welcome to all those that did join us, Kurt. I know you'll listen to this later. Hey, how do you listen to the? Do you listen to the show? I do. Yeah. <laughs> how do you? How do you listen to it? Uh, I'm not super podcast savvy, so I just follow the links from uh, Podbean. Okay, so you just go on there and then and then you download the app or yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I use well. There's the iTunes one. You can you know the little podcast service. I've used a bunch of different ones. One I really liked lately is because uh, I I subscribe to a bunch to help boost our ratings. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I also do it just to test different ones out to see if there's any issues. Because sometimes there's some weird issues. Sure. Uh, Overcast.fm. And what I like about it when I'm out riding, I can program it so like I do a double or triple tap on my um, mic and it fast forwards like by 30 seconds oh. or back up by 30 seconds. That's cool. And most of them don't have that uh, little capacity. Anyway, maybe tell us how you're listening to it or if you really care. Um, obviously, if you're getting this, you're you're finding it somehow. I think uh, YouTube's getting quite a few viewers too, so that's always good. Yeah, we're, and we're, gonna, we're working on all those kind of things. So, um, you know, give us your feedback. We'll go through the mailbag here at the end. So let me just tease, oh, you know, what kind of bike things did you do this week? What kind of bike things did I do? I just hit the local race rides again. Um, that's kind of been my go-to just to kind of keep the the fitness going and and kind of keep that um, that sense of competitiveness going as well. Is so that it's, working? Uh, it's keeping me keeping me there. Yeah. Are, are you doing okay with all that? Sometimes I get the feeling that uh, there's a little you want to toss the bike in the river. 
it's been a good couple of weeks. I've, okay. Um, it got a little warm yeah. in terms of temperature this week, so it was kind of a shocker to go from 60s to mid-high 80s, and that yeah. was that was pretty significant on Wednesday. Uh, I was I was feeling the burn from that, but but other than that, it's been a good couple of weeks on the bike. I did a bunch of yard work last Sunday, and it was toasty. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I you know, but I prefer. I, Kurt was saying, or one of you were saying about. Uh, you know, summer, and I, I prefer the. I'd rather suffer with an ice sock than bundle up and have rainy or cold. And no, I will take cold every day over hot. Maybe it's because I grew up in the Northwest, where there was, you know, we'd get snow, and then it was like Gotham City. You wouldn't see the sun for a month, and just snow on the ground. And then, uh, and then I moved to Colorado, and it'd be similar. They'd have at least more sunshine, but I'm just tired of it. I'm, I'm like old man. Send me to Florida. <laughs> I'm good to go. You don't need your uh, creaky joints freezing up. Yeah. What was it you that said this week <laughs> that you, you when you wake up your joints are sound like popcorn or something like that? Yeah, that was definitely me. That was yeah. after I think I did a run and uh, well, my body paid the price. Did a run. Uh, okay. Sad uh, this, last words. This, yeah. Let's let's tease this. What we got coming up today? So we're going to discuss the recent happenings uh, from Liège, Bastogne, Liège. A uh, little sea otter action. Uh, Tour de Romandie, which is going on right now. Scotty Fonseca won a race, and we didn't mention it. We'll go over that. We preview the Tour de Yorkshire and predict a little bit of the Tour of Romandie. Um, domestically, we have the Tour of Gila that just concluded. USA Crit Series is going to get underway, and Redlands Classic is upcoming. Uh, NorCal, like I said, we had the Sea Otter. Uh, it's where road bikes meet mountain bikes, meets a lot of beer, and some expos. And some cyclocross bikes, too. And I, think. Cy- I think it's everything. Everything. Uh, tandem. I even heard that they had an e-bike race, like a cross e-bike race or something. I think they had that. I wonder if they do like a tandem downhill mountain bike. That'd be the, the ultimate. Do they do naked bike riding? That's the only thing that seems to be missing. When we get into that, I've got, I've got a brief story for you. Oh, okay. Uh, more beer than normal. And I'm told they, uh, they we even had a lonely red kite race this last week. Yeah. Yeah. So and we'll preview a little bit of what's coming up. So winners and losers in the cycling world. Uh, things that make you go, hmm, and an inquiry about whether road racing is dead and we should pay our respects or not. Ready? Let's go. All right. Let's just start with the women, uh, the men's tour. Last <clears throat> week, we had Liège, Bastogne, Liège, where they call it Le Doyon, the old lady. I don't know. Calling your bike race the old lady, is that even PC? Should we even be going down that road anymore? No. I think we should just call it... Uh, the old man? <laughs> That'll work. Okay. So the old man was there, uh, 258 kilometers around Belgium, starting in Liège, goes down all the way to Bastion, and then it's supposed to go back up to Liège, but it kind of dips over into Ans, this little kind of crappy looking section of uh, Belgium. Um, Ouch. So yeah, 11 categorized climbs, one last in the final one kilometer. It's not categorized, but it's definitely a problem. And yeah. It's been yeah. problematic. Um, but, and it looks like it should be. So the race hits those last two famous climbs about 222 kilometers into the race. So about 35 or so to go. And then the, on the Côte de la Redoute and then the Côte de la, I'm going to mess these all up, Roche en Falcons at 239K and then the Côte de Saint Nicholas at 253. So you kind of have these all ramping up and up the Redoute in this race with like 34, 35 left to go. They caught the break. I think Philippe kind of did some movements. And then they go on up to uh, the Falcon, and that's where Joubert took off. And then it kind of weeded out. And over the top is where the winning move ended up coming about with uh, Bobby Jungles. Yeah. The Jungle Man. Yeah. So we can talk about kind of the whole thing that happened with that race. And then he ends up holding everyone off for the last, you know, 25K. Uh, the cool part that we saw there was the, the actual, the next two coming in. 
at Bardet and Mike Woods trying to make, uh, you know, get on the podium and actually being able to hold that off and then not having um, Alaphilippe and or Valverde actually get on the podium. So what was your take of the race or any breakdown things that you want to go over? Yeah, so I, um, I've i been making a, a good effort to try and wake up early and watch these live as they happen. Um, I kind of missed the mark on this one and really only caught the last five or ten kilometers. Um, at that point, Jungles was already up the road. Um, who was the uh, who was the lotto rider that made the initial big effort to try and bridge across to Jungles? Well, Wellens uh, Van uh, Vanendert. Yeah. So when I started watching, he had just launched an attack, um, brought Jungles back from about fifty-five seconds or so to about twenty-five, and at that point, with as much race as there was left, I I, I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to stay away. I mean, it looked like there was a potential for him to get brought back. Um, obviously, he didn't. But uh, it was it was really good to see Woods kind of hold on and, and place as well as he did. I, there was a point where I thought he was going to kind of fade off the group because there was a little surge, and he kind of didn't look like he had as much spring in his uh, pedals as everybody else, and I thought maybe he was just going to hold on for a pack finish at best, if, if not even get dropped by the pack. So it was, it was good to see him hang around and, and follow Bardet. Yeah, so just kind of going on to things. So when uh, Gilbert attacked uh, with that 20-something K to go up the uh, the Falcons, um, they got rid of Nibali, which, okay, he's not going to win another monument. It was, so that was one thing to see. And it was interesting going over the top because then Jungles takes over, and he and Woods are kind of separating themselves from everyone else. I mean, the, it was stringing out, and I think over the top of that there was like 15 and if you and I and I sent you some pictures because I took uh, took some snapshots of what at the time, and Woods is right on Jungle's wheel, and they start to go down, and it's just one of those things that um, I've been there myself multiple times. I don't think Woods is uh, not weak or anything, but he just he didn't want to pursue pedaling. You know, there's we used to do these. Uh, my 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 coach would have us do uh, interval trainings up top of the climbs, but he'd have us go not just to the top but push over you know another 10 seconds and that right. was the whole deal that move over the top can be and jungles didn't attack he just rolled and woods refused to pull him to to do any kind of pedal strokes to just stay on his wheel he was grabbing a bottle and and then no one else went and next thing you know he's got 10 20 30 40 seconds and or 30 seconds and he's bombing yeah, and did, there was a feed zone right at the top of the climb. Correct. Is that where Woods got feed, or is that where Youngles got feed? I think they were. I I don't remember if Youngles did, but I mean, he was on his wheel when he was getting a feed. He just right. separated, and and you know, then I, I took a little look here. So these are the teams in the group. You had Quick Step had uh, at least two guys, because uh, Alaphilippe and Jungles. You had Asana had two guys. Uh, I thought UAE did, but I looked back and they didn't. Mitchelton Scott had two guys. Bahrain Merida had two guys. Ladu Sadal had two guys. Sunweb had two guys. They had um, Matthews and Dumoulin in there. And then you had uh, solo riders, AG2R, Bardet, uh, EF, Education First with Mike Woods, Movie Star with just Alejandro Valverde, um, uh, Dan Martin with UAE, and then um, Formulo with Bora. And so you had all these little climber guys and, and then the teams with the dual guys, they were not willing to put out the work. Well, Haig was working really hard for Mitchelton Scott. Well, was he? I mean, well, it looked like he was. Yeah. yeah I think when it was too late. Yeah. Cause but he was at least about, up there doing what he could. Sure. And when you talk about uh Vanendert going up the road, well, Wellens kept kind of attacking as well. And you know, he ends up getting popped out. Now, to Dan Martin, he was attacking, but none of these guys, they weren't working. They were, they were like trying to do surge. And so they would 
instantly bring it down by you know five ten seconds and then the brake would you know the attack would get caught and then it would balloon yeah the, the, it would come out so it was uh anyway so that's all done i think mike woods maybe blew that one because he maybe if he rolls with with jungles well then uh, that's a that's a two up and he's got a good chance with the way that finishes you never know yeah, it's it's hard to play that game though, because if if Woods sticks on Jungle's wheel, then whoever was on Woods's wheel probably would have stuck on Woods's wheel, and it would have stayed together until the next climb or or whatever it happened to true been. But um, if if Jungle's doesn't go up the road, then what you have is actually the opportunity of anybody to win, and which Woods yeah. may have still had that opportunity, he may have gotten away with someone. And what was Woods seemed to come out of it pretty positive. I mean, he he well, said it was low. The result of his life. And it's still, you know, let's take away this Jungle's part. So Jungle's is off the road. First of all, what do you think about the fact that all these monuments and a lot of these um, classics have been won with massively long breakaways? It almost makes you wonder if when Jungle's goes off, these guys have just not been paying attention this classic season. I mean, because this is exactly how it's been done, right? Especially with Quickstep. Yeah, and I, I didn't see what had happened in the race before that. So I don't know if Jungle's was doing much work beforehand or if he was just kind of saving himself for an opportune time. Because uh, I mean, you're losing guys like Nibali, who's who's no slouch. So, are these huge hard efforts, or are guys just kind of timing their attacks really well? But yeah, most of the most of the moves have definitely come from big solo efforts. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just to plan or just guys kind of grasping the opportunity when it gets presented to them. I don't know. Or, or it's, what? it's been uh, you know, Nibali did that himself. Some not a long attack, but he attacked you know up on San Remo. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Terpstra doing this. You've got Sagan doing that. Anyway, it's it's been an interesting um, classics with that. With that said, Jungle's up the road. Um, Woods does an, a great uh, does a great move. He keeps trying to go with different guys. Um, and then he ends up getting up the road with Bardet, which I thought was a great situation. Both of them can just kind of, especially up that long, gradual climb, they both had a good tempo going. And then I was like, for me, I was like, oh, I think Woods should be able to come around him, which right. he did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, look, nothing against Woods. I mean, he that's had the, the ride of his life, I would say. I would agree. Yeah. Anybody in there that you were uh, interested in or disappointed in? or uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see how, I mean, obviously, Alaphilippe, did his job. He just sat around and waited yeah. once once Jungles got up the road. And I'm curious if he would have been more interested to to jump with Bardet and Woods and maybe go one two. I don't know what kind of legs he had or if he was just kind of playing the teammate role. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I know Bardet went and then Woods uh, gapped up to him. Yeah. And I don't remember what the situation was for uh, Alaphilippe, but I think his concern was watching. Well, first of all, you get those two guys up the road. They're not like big time trial guys you think perhaps you can bring it back because you've got Valverde in the mix and yeah. he's you know the odds are still in your favor with all that group but then Alaphilippe ends up winning that field spread I don't know I mean, he looked pretty good in the field yeah, spread too he, I mean he, he looked he took like it easy. he could have won that race but right. but for his teammate thanks so, impressive. thanks Bob Jeez. Yeah. you know I saw Dumoulin was trying to and I'm like oh he's starting to put the pedal down uh, to chase but then he just kind of faded yeah so he, he put in a big effort and got brought back um I don't know if he was just kind of testing his legs at, at the end of a, a big, long ride like that or, or what he was looking to do there. It'll be interesting to see how he comes in the uh, upcoming uh, Giro. Yeah. Who uh, won the women's race? So we had the women's race. Let's get to that. Good question. Uh, Anna Vanderbriggen wins at Bulls Dolman cycling team. Uh, second place by six seconds was Amanda Spratt, the Mitchelton Scott. And then Annemiek Van Vluten in third place, uh, 58 seconds back. For Mitchell and Scott, so they had two on the podium there, the second, and third place, and then um, this looks like one two got up the road and 
Yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm trying to see if there was uh, Megan Garnier, Bowman's Bulls Dolman. She ended up with eighth, so top ten finish for her as well. It's pretty impressive. Nice. So, any, any, any other things you want to talk about with the uh, Liège? No, I think I'm good. Now that's that kind of closes the door on the classic season. It does. Yeah. So but now we're into the the wide wide world of stage racing. Yeah. Huh? So now we got some stage racing coming up, and which we'll go over just a little bit of this. So two Aromadias coming up right now. Um, and they start off with a prologue, a short time trial prologue, one by Michael Matthews, Sunweb. And I was watching some of that. Some guys were using TT bikes, some were using regular road bikes. So it was interesting to see kind of, you know, um, as we're preparing for the, the Giro here. And Michael Matthews, I did hear him talking about the next few days. So he ends up starting stage one with uh, the yellow jersey, uh, gets dropped, has a tough time. Stage two, he tries to work it out in the sprint and gets like third because there was a, a solo off the front. And then I was heard him talking about it. And he's like, I just, I'm losing. I don't have some power, but he's basically talking about how he was coming back from, I think he was injured and he's been doing all these classics. And it's, he said, it feels like he's basically, oh, he did um, one of the early stage races too. And he says, it's basically like a grand tour. He's put in here with a bunch of one day races. So yeah. And I think um, I'm tired. I, th- I thought he fractured his, scapula or something okay. I, I forget i know he had a crash and an injury but did you uh, when you were watching the prologue i know it was short was it technical or was it pretty straight well, there was a little climb with some cobbles so okay some guys were concerned about what they were going to do with that and i think the time trial guys that ended up just taking the the, the time trial bike yeah. out ended up making up the fast part was more decisive than the little short climbs so. gotcha. and i know someone like um dan martin who's out there he just rode the, the regular bike i don't know if he's been maybe not putting enough time Time trialing in right now with it, so who knows about that? Anyway, stage one won by Omar Freire of the Astana. Then the GC went to uh, well, our, our little ski jumper guy, uh, Primoz Roglic of Lotto NL Jumbo. Uh, stage two was won by Thomas DeGant of Lotto Sedal. Took a long break with his teammate uh, Cam Partnets and EF Education first rider Nathan Brown. Did you see any of that? I didn't. No. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little breakdown for Let's it, hear it, which was interesting. Um, they, there was a write-up where DeGant and his teammate had been talking. DeGant had been basically focusing on this stage and said, I'm, I want to take this one. So they did a bunch of recon. And um, Campanarts, Campanarts, I think that's how you say his name, he's Mr. Time Trial Guy. So these two start texting back and forth, doing a WhatsApp or something like that mm-hmm. about this thing. And Campanarts is like, I'm in, I'm going to, I'll drag you around. And he's talking about all different, you know, aero techniques, different things. So they've been planning this. So that's what happened. The three of them are out there and he's just dragging him along Yeah. and they get uh, four or five minutes or so up the road in about 30 K he gets popped off. Campanerts does. Yeah. And then, um, DeGant did not want to mess around with Nathan Brown and he dumped him about five K later and then sold it in for the last 25. And Nathan Brown had the yellow virtual yellow Jersey at this point. And he needed to hold on, and he just kept gradually getting drawn in. I think within the last K, he finally got swallowed up by the field. So That's a close. bummer. Yeah, so DeGant ends up uh, take, holding on to the win for that. Uh, today we had the time trial, uh, 9.9K. It was actually un- won by Egan Bernal of Team Sky, who I think is going to possibly be the next great thing. Yeah, and this was a more climbing-oriented time trial. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, because you, I mean, you look at the winners. Yeah. Uh, Primus Roglic ends up in second and holds on to the GC. Richie Port in third. Roglic has six seconds over Bernal and 27 over Port. And it'll be interesting because tomorrow is a climby stage. It's a 150K. So I like these little short stages they've been having with some of these early stage races. 
Yeah, and it's it's good to see Port kind of quietly making his way back into the world of competition after the Tour de France last year, and obviously getting good results if he's sitting third in GC. So yeah, it's taken him a lot longer than it has uh, Alejandro Valverde to come. <laughs> well, Richie Port is. Oh wait, he's younger than Valverde. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. <laughs> maybe it's the injury because that knee injury usually doesn't keep anybody out. Wait, maybe yeah, you so. don't. You don't use the knee much in cycling. No, it? not at all. Not what he did. No. Uh, and then the so I think whoever you're going to see tomorrow, you're going to see the GC. It's not going to change much over on Saturday, which is a 182k. Starts a little climbing, and then it's kind of downhill last 80k. Um, so then we have what's coming up. We'll finish the last two stages of the Tour of Romandy, Tour to Yorkshire, and then the Giro. Do you know much about Tour to Yorkshire? Very little. Short, short stage race. A lot of punchy climbs. Yeah. Um, kind of. Is it equivalent? You think to? And I, I probably should look at the UCI uh, rankings on this. Uh, I would say comparable to our Tour of California. In maybe, terms of, or maybe the Tour of Utah. Yeah, I think closer to that. That or Colorado Cycling Classic, whatever yeah. it is now. I just remember, I think it was Yorkshire um, a couple years ago, guys rolling up on a couple climbs, swatting cell phones out of fans' oh, yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's my kind of lasting image from that. Or maybe that was Tour of Britain, one or the other. Is there a difference? Yeah. I'll, I'll go with no. Apologies to our <laughs> British friends over there. Uh, Giro d'Italia, May 4th through the 21st, starts in Israel, uh, which will be very interesting. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. Um Chris Froome holding strong, gonna gonna race it out. He's gonna he's gonna show up. He's gonna race. Lance Armstrong is going to start. He's gonna go over to there and do his podcast. Now I've heard that he can go over and do his podcast, but he he's still being held away from any of the race festivities or or any of that stuff. So well, he can podcast from a distance. Oh yeah, it's it's like the the settlement had nothing to do with his ban on cycling. Right. So he can't do anything in an official capacity. Right. He can't be like us, Chris, and get media credentials. Can we give him ours? I don't know. He actually said he's coming to the Tour of California and oh. he's going to cover the women's race. So we're going to have some okay. competition. And uh, what's interesting, I talk about it. Well, maybe I'll talk about him a little later. But okay, so the Giro's coming up. Starts in Israel. There's been some controversy over the fact that. Um, you know, some people have some issues with Israel itself and right. Palestine. And they're just doing a short prologue there, prologue time trial. Well, I think it's, what, two stages, prologue and then stage one, I believe? That's right. Stage yeah. one starts and finishes. Yeah. But not to get into politics about this, but it is interesting that um, you haven't had any, you, you got concern about this, but yet you have Bahrain and the UAE as big sponsors. Right. And then we have all these races in the desert. Oh, Chris is concerned about my mic. All right. Fall and make a ruckus. Yeah, Sorry. Okay. So anyway, regardless of that, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the process is from there. Yeah. I'm hopeful that, um, I've always been a big fan of Dumoulin, so I'm, I'm hopeful that he's able to find some form. And uh, the one challenge I think that he's going to find with the race, not to preview the race too much since we can, we can do that next week, is it's a, it's a little light on time trials. Um, I think there's maybe 15, 20 kilometers of time trialing in the, in the whole stage race, so... That was definitely an area where he was able to 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 sneak back the win last year. Yeah, well, you know, he climbed he climbed okay. He did, he did, but he really took it back on the on the last TT. Yeah, yeah, which was an interesting one. You know, some of those time trials. Sorry to deviate here again, but some of those time trials can be kind of boring. But that was one of the more exciting ones for me because they had the GPS on him, and he was you know coming up on Nairo. Yeah, it was Nairo, right? Yep. And he had to, you know, 
bit by bit they're showing him catching him slowly, 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 and then right. you know virtually and then passing him. So it was it was it was actually pretty exciting. Yeah, right. and I, it, yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say they 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 released their team for the for the Giro as well, so it'll be interesting to kind of Sky break those did. down and and uh, Giant. Oh, okay. Because I hadn't seen any of the other ones uh, being released yet, so I yeah. guess some teams are releasing them. You know. So speaking of which, so Froome is obviously racing. Uh, I saw Wout Poles, uh, Hanau. Um, trying to, no one really else that I thought was like big big time. I mean, their whole team is big time, but it's not yeah. like they're bringing Garrett Thomas or anything. No. Yeah, and they obviously. Grand Tour short rider, so they've got to be very selective in who they bring. You know, let's go back to that again. Do you think that's made a difference in some of these long range, like Liège, um, being able to to kind of go up from a distance a little bit more? I I would say no. I I think maybe there's a one off situation where it's like, oh, I wish we had rider A here with us because then we could really launch an attack or something. But outside of that, I don't think it's changed the racing dynamics too much because if you look at the end of the races for all the big classics, everybody that was going to be there was there. Uh, It's not like Sagan wasn't there because he was missing his 15th rider or something like that. That Bora team, though. They're strong. They had a guy in Liège, David David Formolo. So women's, we've got Tour California coming up. Is this a big event for them this year? I think so. I don't think it's as big as it's been in the past. Um, you know, we mentioned Gournier getting, what you get, eighth in Liège-Beston. Yeah. She's going to be riding it as part of a composite team, Team USA with um, Compton. So I don't know if they're bringing all the big teams for the women's event or if it's kind of a... What do we? What's what's the men's ranking? Two point one, two point two. Yeah. So like I don't know for the women if it <clears throat> kind of falls a tier below that or, or kind of how that shakes out. We'll do all our research for that coming up. Uh, what I did notice because I was looking at the um, the different stages last night. Uh, so Elk Grove, they just ride around Elk Grove. Um, but the, the, then and then the second day they they go out in um, Tahoe, which is a pretty good stage for them. And last year they did another thing, kind of down and around. But this year they're just doing basically a crit around the capital. Oh, okay. Six corner crit. Interesting. So they're not going to do a, a longer circuit. Yeah. And so it's a three stage. Three stage for them. Okay. And the last one kind of ends. And I'm a little disappointed for that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a little less than last year. Because I think they did two Tahoe stages last year. I bel- I'm, I can't confirm that. You, you're probably right. I just know that the last day they, they went out and around like, the, you know, South Sacramento area, yeah. like the river ride out there. And then uh, came into town and finished out there. So they had right. a little bit more substantive. But you know it's it's what it is, so it still be should be pretty good. Uh, you have any winners and losers from the world tour? Um, for for winners, I mean, um, I think uh, Bowles Dolman is just crushing it. Uh, they they had uh, Amstel Gold a couple weeks ago, and then picking up Liege best only age this week is uh, that's an impressive take for them. So yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll say. Uh, Mike Woods, I mean, you know, how do you how do you go wrong with with having a breakout race like that? We kind of you'd called him out. You uh, was you were wondering if he was going to be in Liège, and boom, there he was. It wasn't a call out per se, but just uh, you know, that, that, it's a good opportunity for him to to land a good result. Is he doing the Giro? Uh, I believe yes, he is. Okay, yeah, good. So that'll that'll be interesting to see him um, at the Giro as well. And you know, that was kind of the question was I hadn't really seen him much. Yeah, and so I was kind of curious where he was, and well, obviously that's a that's a, a a marker as to where he is. Definitely. Who do you got for a loser? I hadn't really thought about too much of who the loser is. Uh, I don't know. 
I again not quite a loser, but uh, I mean it, it. He had good finishes, but Valverde. I mean, he was. It looked like he was slated to win Amstel Gold and then Liege Best Only Age, and he was uh, off the mark on both of them. And granted, he he still had good finishes, but he just uh, he wasn't able to quad Pete or whatever you want to call it. So. You know, I would. I was pretty ticked off Sunday with Mike, with Mike Woods actually, and maybe I'll post up the pictures. Um, then I, I could insert them on our on our YouTube with this as well. Not hanging on Bob Jungle's wheel at that point. I just thought that was so. Maybe he's my winner and my loser. I mean, a twofer. He, yeah, wow. twofer. Yeah, uh, a little disappointed. Actually, the loser might be uh, the uh, the guy doing some drilling outside our, our <laughs> office right now. I have no clue what that what that is. It's a little noisy. It's the new Friday feature. Yeah. Uh, maybe Phil Guyman. I don't know. He. Uh, I like to <laughs> recess this guy. Bring him back in all the time. I saw he he had a really nice heartfelt um, Twitter tweet about Mike Woods uh, winning and you know what a great guy he was. Yeah. And then he basically turns it into uh, read it all about in my book. And he starts selling his fucking book. And it's like it, you took your friend's win or you know near win and you turned it into a, a sales opportunity. Well done. All right. Um, domestic racing, we had Tour Gila that just got finished over here, and I thought it was actually. I don't know. Do you were you able to? I know you watched the crit. Were you able to watch anything else? I just caught a bit of the crit. Um, I, I tried to stay on top of who was doing what because I knew there were some some local masters in the race, but I just kind of got sidetracked here and there, so I was only able to to touch in on it briefly. But obviously, challenging stage race, one that I have zero interest in ever doing. Yeah, it's five days, uh, three road races, a crit, and a time trial. And we'll kind of go just recap some of these because there's some interesting little tidbits uh, we could get through on here. Uh, we I watched the crit. They streamed that live. It was pretty sh- the The feed started off rough, but then it cleaned up for you know, the last 45, 55 minutes. So let's was, say they did. Fi- let's just make up a number and say they did 30 laps. So, Sounds good. So which lap is usually the most important to show? I would say probably lap, lap 37. 30. Well, how many laps did you say? I said doing? 30, oh, but okay. that's the, right. so cool down is, is good to watch. That's the important part. That last lap. Yeah, so it, I'm, they're on the last lap, and I'm like, oh, sweet. And they had been showing you know video from right at the start-finish line right. and this different spots. Suddenly, they show it from like the, the corner after the start-finish line. I have no clue as to what happened. I just saw that there was a guy that posted it up, and it's like, ah. Uh, no clue. There's a silhouette. Yeah, awesome. it, it was horrible. And, yeah. you know, I mean, what do you expect? We're just trying to do live stream stuff here. Right. But uh, anyway, it, we'll just go through a bit of the, the men's pro, men's uh, women's pro, and then some of the masters because uh, we've got some some interesting news in there. So uh, first day of the Magolan uh, road race, 92 miles for the men, 71 for the women, 72, 73 for the masters. Um, it was won by, I don't know, Oscar Sanchez Guan from Canal Specialized. Rob Britton for Rally gets second. Alex Evans of Mobius Bridge Lane gets third. Uh, women, and you get some of these people are just going to be repeating over and over here. Mm. Katie Hall, United Healthcare. Sarah Poitavan of Rally and Edwig Edwige Patel 
of QCW Cycling for the Women. Masters, I'm just going to touch on some of the ones we know here. Jonathan Baker, Touchstone Racing in fifth. So we talked to Jonathan Baker at Winchester, and he said he was going out there. He and Jeremy Cottell. And he's the uh, reigning champion. Yeah, he, he slaughtered everything last year. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Cottell of Touchstone got seventh. And then uh, there's some Thirsty Bear guys out there as well. Tom Lyons of Thirsty Bear got 11th place on that first day. So then the next day we have the Interloop Road Race. The pros did 76 miles. Chris uh, Blevins, uh, the Hagen's Berman Action Team, won. Danny Jaramillo Diaz of UHC in second. And Cormac McGill and Jelly Belly. And then I just some notables here. Cooper Rombold. Team California was 38th in that race. Local guy. Local guy. Uh, there was several real local guys out there. And, uh, break them down on the last day, actually. Uh, GC still with Oscar. Women, Chloe Diger, you're going to start hearing about a lot. 2020 PB Show Air. Uh, Emma White, a rally. Diapuela Martinez of UHC. And then uh, note here, Shayna Palace, 2020 PB Show Air. Local. Yeah. Might have heard of her, of her brother. Used to be a mountain biker triathlete or something like that something like that i think you went up bridge road really fast one day <laughs> yeah uh katie hall then with the gc the masters jeremy cattell gets second in that road race uh then the time trial sergey tetchkov of uhc wins it gavin Mannion of uhc is in second evan huffman local uh fulsome guy um rally gets third rob Britton takes over the gc the women, Chloe Digert, once again, 2020 show air, Sarah Poitavin of Rally and Katie Hall. So a lot of those, and Katie Hall then takes over the GC. A lot of the same, same issues going on. And one of the things they pointed out, same uh, I would say at least a dozen times during the, the crit live feed is that Sergei Chekhov was, uh, represented his country in the Olympics. So, okay. Yeah. I bet there were, um, more women in this race that were Olympians than men though. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think that's a pretty safe statement. Because there, there's some pretty good uh, female cyclists. Yeah. Uh, Tom Lyons gets second in the uh, road race. Jeremy Cattell of Touchstone gets sixth. And I did not mark out what... Uh, and then Jeremy was a fifth on, on GC. I didn't mark out what uh, Baker was at that point. Uh, the crit, Micah Rice, the Higgins-Berman action, gets uh, the win. So he's the guy we saw post up that we just had no, no clue about. Gotcha. Yeah. I, it looked like before they kind of uh, changed the, the camera angle... It looked like his team was doing a good job of keeping him protected up at the front and, and just kind of keeping the pace hot. So, so uh, set up well. And and I saw this year, Cole Davis was out there. Uh, and then you saw we, I, the, the group ride on Wednesday. Yeah. Did you talk to him at all? I week? did not. Okay. I thought maybe you could ask him how he did. No. All right. Didn't happen. Uh, the women, Emma White wins it. Chloe Diger in second. So Lauren Hall. So you have all the, and Katie Hall is the GC. So UHC 2020 and rally are just kind of taking this over. Masters, Jeremy Cattell wins the crit and um, moves up to fifth on GC. So congrats to him. Nice. I just keep mentioning his name because he ends up just keep creeping up. Uh, stage five is the, the big Gila monster. The women do 68.9. Men do 100.6. And the Masters do 68.9 as well. The women, Dia Puela Martinez of UHC wins. Look at this top three. Katie Hall, UHC, second. Leah Thomas, UHC, in third so they sweep the top three uh shana palace ends up uh, 11th place a 119 down that's pretty impressive yeah definitely so good for her she's she's coming up there gc katie hall wins it sarah poitivin uh katie hall with uhc sarah poitivin of uh, uh rally leah thomas with uhc and shana palace uh, 13th overall the men's pro gavin Mannion wins the state the gila monster with rob Britton in second kyle murphy in third and uh so here's some notables jason saltzman of velo is in 59th Cooper Rombold, 85th with Team California. Cole Davis ends up in 91st. 
with uh, Hagen's Bourbon action and Leo Yip, Team California, got a DNF. I didn't see what. Uh, oh, I did get Cooper in there. So good for those guys going out there. That's a pretty brutal race to to show up and and especially like Rob Britton wins the overall. Gannon Mannion in second, Kyle Murphy in third. So look at Rob Britton as an example. <clears throat> he won Tour of Utah last year uh, with guys from UHC. Right. I mean, I mean um, guys from BMC were out there. Yeah. So it's no Brooke Walter and a few others. So it's uh, no small feat. He's gone up on Tour Utah with, and and you know done well top five over there when they've had you know the Garmin Sharp team, Garmin, you know Danielson, uh, Horner, Cadell Evans. You know, so he's he's had a he's no no little guy himself as far as climbing. And, and you know, good for these guys all going out there and showing themselves. Masters. Oh, go ahead. I was to say I, I only know a f- small amount about the race, but I know that the the last stage is supposed to just be notoriously difficult. I yeah. mean, it's the Gila Monster. I think it's what it's a hundred miles for the men's pro race, and it's probably ten, twelve, thirteen thousand feet of climbing, something like just, that. Yeah, that's a a nutty way to end your uh, your stage race. I mean, that's that's a lot of pain. <clears throat> yeah, it's a pretty famous uh, race out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, in the GC, I mean, for the Masters, Jonathan Baker gets second on the stage. Jeremy Cadell gets fifth, and Jeremy ends up moving up to third overall. So, um, real good job for those two going out there. And Definitely, yeah, good for them. Uh, you know, and this remember a few years ago, Lance and Levi, and I don't know if it was Horner, they all showed up. They were going to do that race, and they did with uh, Lance's Mellow Johnnies. Oh, did they? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No, how'd they fare? I don't remember. Yeah. I believe I, I, I probably did well. I'm sure. thinking. Uh, we have the USA Crit Series starting at the Athens Twilight starting tomorrow. So look for the USA Crit Series uh, links on any of your pages. I don't know. We could post it up on ours as well, but they should have live streaming for that. Live streaming. And um, I believe the San Rafael um, is part Twilight of this. Twilight is, is rolled into the USA Crit Series. So Yeah. You know, one of the sponsors or I don't know, uh, collaborators with that is the cycling tips website. And I know they're, uh, I don't mind talking about, um, other people's podcasts, Chris, I'm, I'm brave like that, wow. but they had, uh, well, I think it was a podcast last week. They had, they sent out, you can check it out. They, um, they talked to Frank Andreu and then one of the guys that started it. So you get a lot of good info about kind of the involvement of this and their involvement with it as well. So uh, I, I suggest that it's pretty good stuff. Cool. Uh, then we have Redlands Classic coming up first of May. Uh, do you know? I haven't looked at the start sheets on that. I don't know if Mike's Bikes, uh, Mark Pro, if they're in doing that. We should probably talk to Andrew and see if he knows. We can find out. I would think that they would be because it's been a, a race that they've definitely been participating in for quite a few years. And and I meant, and we could probably do a little more in depth, but I meant to look to see, I think they're still going up Oak Glen, the big climb that they've kind of had avoided the last several years, oh, really? which is what the one they went up, what, two years ago with, um, which kind of got Sepp Cuss, his, you know, he's a lot of NL jumbo now. Yeah. And he, he, uh, took that up for, and then got onto Raleigh. So that's kind of where he, he won a few years ago. Uh, have you, have you, you've been, have you raced or ridden down Southern California at all? I've done a couple crits down there, but that's it. But that was more in um, kind of the flatter part of town. It was just one of the, oh, what is it down there? The CBR crits. Okay. I did that once. Yeah. CBR. We talked to Jeff Prince about those. It was uh, by Before his predecessor. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Chris Lotz. Uh, and then just some bad news here. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Jacqueline Kroll died, age 30, brain cancer. 
Um, just a quick little synopsis here. She had surgery in 2013 to remove a brain tumor. Mechanical engineering degree. We applaud that. She signed with Team Type 1 2009 to 2011, then Exergy 2016 for 2012 to 13. Then she signed on with United Healthcare in 2014, and I don't even think she really raced that year. She was having some quite more difficulty. Sure. And her teammate won the U.S. National Road Race that year, won that uh, a car, Volkswagen, with a year's lease, hmm. and they 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 gifted it to her so i thought that was pretty cool yeah um sad to hear any of that kind of things happening but uh, you know life goes on yeah that's never good to hear no another one was andy reese um owner of bmc right uh it was you know that went down the settlement and i always tie him in now with uh floyd landis and because landis rode for yeah for phonak at the time that was his company so right. Uh, maybe Andy Reese was phone act not to be. I don't know. It's all it's all a blur to me what all that is. So now there has been you know speculation that BMC might be calling it quits after this year. Does this play into that at all? Do you know? I don't know. I would imagine it was a corporation rather than just him owning it as you know sole proprietor. Yeah, but I wonder if he was bankrolling. I think he, of I it? think he had been bankrolling it. So, so yeah, I don't know. That that's a really good question. I haven't heard that uh, asked anywhere else, Chris. So. You're, you're more savvy than most leading edge here. We had, so Scott Fonseca <laughs> wins a 45, one, two, three in Auburn. We did not mention that before. And he's with the Audi Reno Tahoe team. Yeah, no, and, uh, beating Mike is uh, no easy feat. So that's a good accomplishment on, on Scotty's part. So. Yes. And that was brought to our attention. So I just thought we'd throw that in there. Anything you want to mention about the uh, Auburn crit or Fonseca's win? I did not see it. Um, I only got up there when the 2-3 the race was going, so I didn't get to see how that one played out. Um, Once again, though, I think that goes to if people were, I mean, uh, Scott can go uphill okay. He definitely is like a sprinter. And so if they're thinking that the Auburn crit's too difficult, um, and, and does not take any with anything away, but it's a strongman's race, right? right? We yeah, saw yeah. that with, with him, Sayers. Uh, Chris Baker, you know, a bunch of these different riders that, that do just fine. Garrett, yeah, it's definitely Hankins. Uh, like a, a power move course. It's, um, you know, it, it definitely serves you to be tactical too. I mean, Scotty seems like he's always thinking as far ahead as possible when he's racing and riding. So it's, it's definitely one where if you've got some good tactical ability, you've got a good opportunity to do well. Yeah. Do you know if those two were off the break themselves, uh, he and Sayers? We can say they were. Sure. That sounds good. Uh, red kite happened last week. Do you want to talk about any of those? Um, we can jump into it a little bit. Um, I did not go. I did not go either. Um, again, much like I do some of my local races, I, I get caught up via, uh, race photos. So I can kind of infer some com- context there just by looking at how things played out. But at this point on the YouTube, I'll s- uh, stick in Jeff Linder's video from that race. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. It looks like in the the P12 race, Jeff Linder and, and Bob Terra got an early jump on the field and um, went uh, went up just the two of them, lapped the field. Jeff Linder took the win with, with uh, Bobby coming in second. Chris Evans, also from Tarun, same team as Jeff Linder, got third. So a good podium again for, um, for the Tarun Elite to go 1-3 with um, Oak Valley's Bob Terra coming in second place and 
I mean, that, it's it's a flat course. It's pretty open. Wind can come into play. But uh, for those guys to lap the field just uh, as a duo, and I think they said 30, 35 minutes, I mean, that's that's no easy feat. So they're definitely motoring along. Yeah, Bobby, I talked to him, and I know you did as well. He was saying that he didn't want to lap the field because he was he didn't have any teammates. Yeah. Jeff Linder did. He knew there was going to be trouble. Yeah. So he was just not really doing much. And he said they lapped him too quick. And then Jeff just made the impetus to get up there early. Um, and Bobby was just kind of not trying to have that happen. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, in the finish, you can see the last, I think Jeff's video has got the last lap or two laps. Um, and you can kind of see Tarun is setting it up perfect for Jeff, leading him out. And really Bobby's only move there is to sit on Jeff and maybe try and get an early jump on him uh, going into the last corner and just doesn't work out. Yeah, this may be controversial, but Uh-oh. there was a there was a comment online about and, and just, you know people can search it out that kind of was berating Jeff for taking a win um, against saying you know it's it's like cherry picking or you know you're you're kind of just beating up on little kids taking candy from a baby type of thing and look nothing Jeff's been winning and doing well all season so but I also think that winning it's good to practice winning right right go out to a race like that and if you don't win. Um, I mean, he should be expected to, and he did. I mean, and, and then guys that like Robert Terra getting out there with him, you know, that's the guy that you, he wants to look to and get on his wheel and he did the right thing. Yeah. And when you're out there racing, you want to have guys like that try it makes you feel good. So I don't, I don't know that I buy that excuse necessarily or that, that negative comment about him. What do you think? Like I would want agree. To join? Um, no, I, I think, you know, if you've got an opportunity to win and it's there, you should take it. And if you watch the video, Bobby jumps at the whistle and Jeff follows and you know, they look back, Oh, we've got a gap. Let's roll this. If you're in Jeff's shoes, what do you do to say, Oh, that wouldn't be cool if I followed Bobby. So I'm just going to let him go. Eh. No, I, I think you, if you've got an opportunity to play your strengths, you, you go and get the win. And how much is the entry fee? I don't know. 80 bucks. Yeah. So you're putting the money down. You're like, I'm not going to just sit, I go train on my own. Right. Why not? I don't have a problem with it. We've anyway, all, we've all, if I could win that race, I would. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, next week you'll be course, out there. Then it would be like, hey, Tyler, you're punching above your weight. Way to go. <laughs> um, men's 2-3. Uh, Robert Skinner took the win with uh, Travis McEwen from Mike's Bikes Development Team second. Emmett Smith with <laughs> with uh, Squadra um, presented by Tarun. You don't have the right. I have the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> team in there. I didn't not the get, right Emmett? Uh, might be a different one, yeah. And I don't think... Um, I don't think... Uh, Robert Skinner's on a team. I think he's still still running solo. And looking at the pictures, it looked like he he won with like a good 20, 25 second gap on the field. Oh, cool. So um, that's a, a heck of a, a job on his part. In the 35 uh, men's one, two, three, Jake Hensley with the win over Dean LaBurge and Sean Bagley and David Allen. So Jake's with Audi Reno. Dean's with Pete's. David Allen's with uh, Mike Spikes Elite. And uh, Sean Bagley with uh, HSR Racing. So we've had uh, quite a few chats with Sean, and he needs to be careful. He's going to start. Uh, they're going to put him up to a one pretty soon. He's going to have not be able to do those two three races anymore. That's true. Yeah, I, I and I just added that one in to try to look because Jake um, has a you know Golden State's coming up, and that's one he won last year, and he's got a tremendous. No, did he get second, third? I think he got second because Baker. That's won. right. That's right. Jo- um, yeah, Chris Baker. No, no, no. Jonathan Baker. Uh, yeah, now yeah, I'm, I was, there was SB Novikov. I'm now I'm all confused of what would happen, but Hensley, I'm thinking of the, the overall yeah, is, okay. is what, um, Jonathan Baker won. Um, 
and Jake was right there. I think he either got second or third. Yeah. So okay. Well, anyway, he he comes out at this time of year and shows his strength and beating Dean LeBurge, um, it's impressive. So good for them. I would agree. Yeah. No, that's definitely a, a sprinters sprinters field there. Looking at the guys that are in the top four in the women's P one two three, Casey Meyer. Myers with uh, Chico Cycling took the win over Lori Furman from San Jose Bike Club and over Anna Janice from Razzle Dazzle Cycling. And I don't, we don't have listed there, but do you remember the 45s? They were, I think it was Gardy Jackson. Um, and then I think Jerome was third or second. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. There was another racer there. I think he was from um, the Race for Research team. Okay. He, he was either second or third. Looked like he was battling uh, Jerome for the field sprint. Upcoming Nevada once again. We're we're still uh, previewing the classics. Then so the classics are not. Uh, over. I was wrong. The classics. Yeah, Nevada City has not closed. Nevada City classics. Uh, we have Mike's Bikes Classic, uh, Cats Hill Classic coming up this weekend, uh, along with Wente Road Race Classic. Classic uh, Dana Point Grand Prix Classic on the 29th as well. We just mentioned that because some people like to double up onto that. Uh, I had Salinas in there. So we've got a rash of these uh, canceled races going on now. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, before we jump into that, just kind of taking one step back. So Mike's oh Bikes Cats Hill, that's on Saturday. Yes. Punchy, punchy, climby crit. Um, I've never done it, but from what I understand, it's a, a great race. I would say back up a little bit oh. and say it's not a climby crit. It, so you, you take like a, let's say, Auburn and you smash all the climbing into like 300 meters. Okay. <laughs> so it's a wall, <laughs> but it's a wall that uh, sprinters, you know, sprinters handle it because it's, yeah. it's like a big power move every time you come around. So, you know, your big gamble is, do I stay in the big ring? Do I drop into the small ring and then go, and then you go over the top and then you have this fast descent, come around to right hander and you got a good sprint. Yeah. And it's a wonderful race. I love it. So if this gets out before the race tomorrow, this podcast we'll, we'll they, get it out and you can listen to it on your way to awesome they um they're not doing an increased day of uh reg fee oh, so cool. so day of fee is the same as the regular fee so if uh if the day of five ten dollar uptick was was kind of turning you away that's off the table so you you've got one less reason to not go out there um yeah so i i think when i looked at the pre-reg for this mike's bikes was rolling in big numbers um so it looked like the the p12 field had close to 30 guys so it should be a good showing on that front and it always brings out an interesting range of of finishers from what i've seen in that um p12 race so i think tobin orton lads won it quite a few times uh dean laburge not dean laburge um james laburge has won it um so it's, it's daniel holloway's won it so there, there's been Quite a few different guys that have taken the win. Yeah, there. so you say climbing, and those are not necessarily climbing. But those if you climbers. got a, if you got a guy, I mean, I went and watched it in the the nineties, came out and, and just happened to come out. I think in ninety three, and I want to say like Ron Kiefel. I mean, you know, some of these big time strong guys, you can get away, and it's it's enough of a problem that you, you can stay away. Yeah. So you've had that over the years as well. So yeah, it's got everything. It's got the punch. It's got a cool downtown. Um, Everything you want for a bike race. Are you yeah. going? Um, on the <laughs> fence. We'll see. Right. I, I may have an existing obligation to absent Kurt here, but we'll figure it out. Oh, wow. Um, a date. Yeah. Sunday, um, I've not... <laughs> I'm just going to talk about all the races I've not done, and that would include Wente. That's, that's from what I understand, a little more climbing oriented than Cats Hill. Uh, but uh, I think that's another one that's considered kind of a, 
a local classic and it looked like that had a decent field showing up for it as well but if that's not your bag then yeah dana point down in dana point obviously is always a, a huge turnout for um a cool venue for a crit so yeah I, a lot of options with my I go back to last week's um podcast and talk about a little bit about my health issue I, i'm not racing it for that reason so which one any of them well until i get cleared but i'm not i'm not doing cat sale and i'm i love that race i've done it several times and yeah. um love it so i feel I feel a little sad next Chris. year next year That's so crazy. on the topic of uh you know as you kind of alluded to um what happened to all the races uh, yeah so i i've got a list here that i've just been kind of throwing together as as races get killed off so we've lost the madera stage race um, allegedly due to weather, but I think the pre-reg numbers at that time were maybe a dozen, uh, Turlock road race, same thing, um, weather issues, but I think the, the pre-reg numbers were a little frightening there as well. Uh, most recently we lost the cascade stage race. Um, and then shortly after that Pescadero road race came off the schedule. That's due to inability to get permits because of road construction, uh, tour a up in uh, Reno was recently pulled off just due to, um, I think promoter concerns about the potential turnout of other races. Um, and then Salinas crit and the Modesto crit just came off the calendar as well. And most likely it's just due to limited turnout in other races. I it's, it's hard to be optimistic about your race. That's struggled in the past, having a, a good showing this year, if the, the more well attended races are, are seeing a, a decline in turnout. So definitely a bummer. Have you got any consensus as to why? It depends on who you ask. Everybody's got their own theory and speculation. It's, you know, the race calendar is so full that, well, I don't want to drive to Reno when I can race in my hometown this weekend and the following weekend. I might as well just hang out at home on the on the weekend when the race is in Reno. Or... Uh, you know, other folks are just finding other things that, that catch their interest. There's been a, a big uptick in, in gravel rides or the grasshopper stuff or the Fondo scene. And maybe that's pulling people away where it's, you know, you, you go to a more experience driven event as opposed to just like get out, hammer a crit and call it good. You're, you're doing a barbecue afterwards. And maybe there's a couple aid stations where you get some, some drinks and snacks and whatnot. So it's a more of like a, you know, if you're going to spend your day, would you rather spend it at a crit or doing a, a cool, fun riding event as opposed to a race? Well, that's where the Jeff Prins idea comes in and do a lot of cornholing for the kids. That was for you, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it's funny that I, I sit here and gripe about it. I'm not really griping about it, but, you know, we, we'll discuss it. And I, I just can't fit a lot of the races into my schedule myself this year. Yeah, no, I, I've mentioned this on been a while but um growing up in the northwest you know i would hope to get maybe uh you know five races in a year and i'm traveling i lived over in the eastern part of washington oregon and i you know, traveled to seattle we're talking five hours so you can you could do a crit i remember doing this you know yeah. you so you drive all the way out there you spend the weekend you do a crit and maybe you get a flat or you wreck so you're <laughs> you're completed it and then you know a few weeks that you're in portland and so you know Every race was a big deal, but you're only doing four or five of those. Right. And then you come out here and, you know, in a month you can do that. Yeah. And it's every month. So you get spoiled. And so I get it. So the, the calendar's still clogged, but um, I don't like to see the trend of starting to lose some of these races either. 
Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely a bummer because you know obviously some of them like Pescadero where they're dealing with permitting issues because of road construction that's kind of out of their hands and that's usually a race that's well attended. But it was surprising to see something like Turlock that usually gets big fields just have mm-hmm. you know a dozen guys pre reg for it. So it's I don't know if it's a situation of well it's rainy this weekend why am I going to go race in the rain when I can wait a week and then hit up something that's in in better weather. Eh. Hard and, to say. And, 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 okay. And we'll recap some of this in your things that make me go, hmm. Oh, okay. Carry on. Any, uh, any winners for NorCal, right? Cycling scene, domestic. I mean, it's, it's hard not to look at, uh, Scotty Fonseca and his big win in the 45s at, uh, Auburn. That's... He's going to, he's going to put you in the barrier, in the barriers <laughs> next time. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, Tarun is just continuing to dominate. I mean, another win for them and another nearly sweeped podium. It's a, it's they're They're killing it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to just randomly pick uh, Robert Terra. I talked to him. He seemed to be pretty cool about his little race, a little race about getting a second on the podium. So he's always such a positive guy like him. So we'll give him my winner for the week on the North. Hey, you know, we didn't go over, um, sea otter. Uh, I tried looking at the results and it's got, hey, search and what category? And it was so inclusive. And then I, I finally did one and I hit, you know, search and it was like road race, all categories. Or something. And then it gives all the first place of all the different categories. And then it starts giving this. So it doesn't break them out into categories unless you do. But I wasn't sure which it it's, was. It was too much. It's indecipherable. not user friendly at all because then it's like, well. Do I select the Cat 1 field or the Cat 1 2 field? Or do I select the 35 plus 1 or the 35 plus 1 2? It was just not user-friendly. So you almost had to figure out how an individual did that you were looking for. And the best you could do is figure out their placing, but not who beat them. I saw Todd Markell's one, and he he beat Travis, right? Isn't that in the 35s? In the road race, yeah. Any other results you got out there? I saw Nation's number one beast won. Did he win the the critted circuit race? Circuit race, race, I think. Okay. I mean, both those, from what I understand, the circuit race has a, a, a couple decent climbs in it, and the crit is just basically up and down the, the corkscrew, or part know. of it. Maybe it was a crit, then he won. Yeah, it was, it was interesting seeing the uh, the outcome of the 35-plus the 123 road race with Markels and, and Travis, because they're just polar opposites. I mean, Markels is a, a sprightly climber, and then Travis is a big power climber. But the optimum word there, climbers. Yeah, that's true. So True. Who do you got for... Um, for local losers local losers uh maybe the all the races getting canceled oh no is that yours eh, How, anyway go ahead i'll come up why don't you do that one and i'll come up with one as we as we talk okay uh well we can even we can just cherry pick our losers based on which race we wanted to attend so yeah i mean it's it's a bummer to see all the races falling off the calendar and, and field sizes dwindling left and right so hopefully there's a, a big uptick here in the in the upcoming races so my losers is just you know us as a whole for losing all these races yeah maybe it's this podcast because it, i mean it, what are we going to report what's a local uh, norcal cycling scene if there's no norcal cycling that's true well I, I can give you some cool updates on the wednesday race rides okay let's go there okay Stefan creason won the uh the points total for april for the folsom bike wednesday ride Nice. Yeah. So uh, this week uh, we mentioned um, you had Cole, Cole Davis out there. Yeah. Berman. Yeah. He looked uh, 
he looked fresh. I mean, he was obviously not struggling to keep up with us 35 plus guys. So, well, good for him. And you also said he was just chilling. So yeah, it didn't look like he was really, uh, you know, out there to, to hurt anybody. He put in a really big dig on one of the sprints just to, to set up a couple guys, but yeah, he was, he was definitely just taking it easy. We'll have to try to talk to him, but I, I do like Cole, uh, just doing those Wednesday rides for a few reasons. One is he's obviously talented. You know, last year he's a national reigning national champion, a junior, or whatever. And he would come out there and sometimes he would, you know, ride him really hard and kill us. Yeah. And sometimes he would just like, whatever his training schedule was, he seemed to have no ego to be able to just dial it back. And I thought right. it, was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's I, mean, good, I take uh, it that way rather than like, we're, Oh, he sucks. And we're just thrashing him. It's good discipline on his part though. I mean, it's, it's really easy to get in that environment and just kind of lose focus on, on what your objective is. Yeah. You know, so it's good to see him just kind of get out there and take it easy. All right, things that make you go, hmm, what do you have for us, sir? Should I get a new gravel bike? Is that is that what the uh, future holds? Is that what I should be looking at? Evidently. Okay. That's what we determined, right? I think so, yeah. Gravel bikes, and I need to get some flannel as well to kind of go along with it. <laughs> Peg leg and some, uh, I don't know what you wear for shoes. What do they wear for shoes? Just like They use mountain bike shoes. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was some sort of tennis shoe. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, hipsters that... Uh, the ride single speeds. I could be just some some platform yeah, pedals and vans. Bike cap. Uh, so evidently, the the rumor is uh, double checked Winchester Golf Club, seventy two hole par par seventy two. So okay. my my whole story with Kurt is kind of going downhill. <laughs> uh, so I stand corrected. I was gonna say something about Phil Guyman, but I, so I was gonna. So Lance settles his case, and can I'll just reiterate what the settlement was so everyone understands. Uh, $5 million of which 1.1 goes to Floyd Landis for starting the case as a whistleblower. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he, in addition, pays $1.65 million to Floyd for his legal fees. Right. Okay? So he's, Floyd gets 2.65 or 66 or something like that. Right. We're good at math. Seven, yeah. whatever. I don't know what the numbers are. A little over $2 million for that. So that's the deal there. Lance, I think, came out of this thing really well. Um, I also checked that there was a, a ruling earlier that the judge had made the point and I think this is why the, the the settlement came down stating that the showing the damages for the postal service was going to be very very difficult matter of fact they may have benefited with the sponsorship right. I mean did you stop sending letters when you found out Lance was UPS started getting a lot of my business I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you that for my regular mail yeah mm-hmm. so that didn't happen so anyway, what do you think Lance is going to do now? I mean, he's really, he's, he made an announcement on his podcast. He's going to be doing the Giro. He's going to be doing the South and he's got his other podcast. What do you think he's going to be doing? Cause I have my own theories. Well, what's he going to do or what does he want to do? Because obviously he's going to be limited just based on yeah. the restrictions that are, that are put on him. So I think he's going to be in a position where he can be a little more free to, to kind of go about and do what he wants. So I think I would expect to see him kind of in the peripheral range doing a lot of uh, cycling commentary. Um, I think eventually he'll be in a position where, you know, he can get closer to the races and maybe there'll be a, a slight reprieve on the, the, the ban of, of letting him in and around races. So it, regardless of what you think about him, I mean, he's got good insight on, on what's going on in the race. I, I agree with that. And, and, and I think he's, we're going to see him have much more prevalence. So what I also think is he started, he has this other forward podcast and I, I get the suspicion that he wants to angle himself as like the, a, a new type of Joe Rogan. 
He's got his cycling stuff. Joe has his MMA. Right. And then he's going to do this, you know, intellectual discussions. So I checked one of these out and it was, I, I, I listened to a lot and watch a lot of things that like thinkers and people that just have, you know, like interesting points of view and they, they, they've really thought about things. So I'm watching him and I, Oh, one of them was with this guy, Michael Shermer, who he's, he's a smart guy, but Lance, I came away really disappointed in Lance because I used to think he was somewhat intelligent. Yeah. He starts off the podcast and it has nothing to do with cycling. Starts off the podcast. This guy wrote a book and one of the words in his subtitles was the word utopia. Mm-hmm. And so Lance is like, he goes, geez, you know, I, I had to look up the word utopia. He goes, then I found the word dystopia <laughs> and it did not improve from there. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he went into this drunk high. I mean, Joe Rogan does his uh, high. Maybe right. Lance is trying that. It was really disappointing. So I don't think he has a future in that, except for the sycophants that are going to be following in there. Right. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Well, maybe we'll ask him about what his uh, utopian idea of cycling is when he comes out to the Tour of California. That's true. We'll have to add him to our list of guys to get. Yeah. So uh, the segment we've tried to re-bring back Ooh. from uh, it was, what is Kurt mad at? Let's ask him. And he's not here to answer that. That's so, how mad he is. I think he's mad about it, doing this podcast without getting paid. So. <laughs> hey, sp- speaking of which, so if there's any sponsors out there that want to, you know, businesses, uh, people that want to sponsor us for the tour of California, um, you know, get in contact with us. Admin at between two wheels.com. There you go. Perfect. Any other announcements that you have? Not really. Um, yeah, I'm just, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the, the tour of California sets up and, and what and who we get to talk to there. Yeah, if anybody wants to suggest to us someone that you want to uh, see interviewed, some questions you have for them, send them our way, and we'll see if you know this is appropriate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We've we've got to figure out our own schedule to see what and where we're going to be. Uh, are we going to follow a stage or, or what are we going to do? Yeah. So I uh, just thought I'd read a little bit of mailbag here. Jason Grafath, YouTube posted something. Hey, hope my heart issue gets taken care of. Yeah, we're glad to that. Um, he said you did call out. Woods, so he gave you credit for that. He loved your your race analysis, Chris. At least one person does. Yeah. Then he he thought uh, he said uh, Tyler's been very quiet lately, but uh, he then corrected it to say Kurt. So yes, Kurt has been quiet. Um, Mr. Chandler, oh, chimed in on my YouTube. He said he made the podcast. I'm not going to go into what he said. You can take a look at it um, if you really want to. So it looks like he's uh, not too fond on Phil Guyman as well. But whatever. Uh, so. If you guys make comments, any good positive comments, we'll definitely take them in. Or negative, we'll take those in as well. Any last parting shots before we uh, head out for the weekend? No, I just um, hope to see that the uh, the races get some uh, some good turnout this week, and uh, hope you're enjoying your time plodding around on the bike at a a low low. Uh, it's tough intensity. I was riding yesterday, and I'm just trying to keep the heart rate below 160. And I'm, I'm listening to stuff and I'm riding and just kind of tooling around the neighborhood. And next thing you know, I look down, it's like 165 and I'm like backing off. And yeah, cause you just, it's, I'm used to that and I feel fine. So I have my stress test a week from today. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. But I wanted to have a little exercise so that I can actually not, I could do okay in it. Yeah. You you don't want to turn out a really poor stress test and have them kind of further brow. I'm sure. Are you sure you ride a bike? Yeah, exactly. You know what you're doing? So I'm sure I'll be fine. Yeah, um, it is. It is good to hear the uh, armchair cardiologist coming out of the woodwork, though. <laughs> <laughs> if you're one, if you got a, a suggestion for me, please send it my way. All right. Well, Kurt, thanks again for missing out. Uh, we miss you. That's all I can say. Yeah, um, it's good to see him show up via Skype. Any last parting uh, words for the 
throngs out there, Chris? No, got nothing. You're not. You're not even very motivating this today. It's I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to pay attention and, and respond to some right, external. Let's, let's, let's get back to our, our regular jobs. So, uh, so uh, check us out once again. Facebook, our YouTube channel, uh, any of the podcasts. You know, it's real easy. You just go in there and you say rate and you click the five star. Click a one star. I don't care. Make a little comment. Uh, help us out, though. And the more you help us out, the more we'll help you out. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. All right. Bye.